good morning good afternoon good evening maybe even who knows whenever you're listening hello and welcome to today's episode of the reaching your peak podcast again with myself dan glynn and on today's episode i have a very very informative guest and someone who i've worked with personally before as well which is who is Maeve craven and Maeve is a functional nutritionist in functional medicine and I remember when I worked with her before, her, her insights and her knowledge was was just fascinating. It blew my mind. And a lot of what Maeve talked about is a lot of my own beliefs and messages I believe to be true. And I try to share with people I work with as well. And uh, uh, she just fascinates me, her mind. And I think on today's episode, we go through a lot around the gut, um, immune health, creating a healthier lifestyle through food and and nutrition and how to incorporate this all together into one framework and i think no matter if you haven't got any knowledge in nutrition at all or even if you know quite a lot regardless of this of of who you are you will still get an awful lot from this episode that hopefully you can take away and start to apply within your own life to further increase your health your energy and your overall fitness and i hope you enjoy today's episode again as always if you have enjoyed it please tag us in your stories or, or, sh- or share around and in some shape or form that you can do these days but any bit of help at all would be really really appreciated from both myself and mave and thank you again for tuning in and i hope you enjoy today's episode so here on the podcast today, I have the lovely Maeve here with me, and um, Maeve is an extremely incredible person I worked with a good few months back during the pandemic, and uh, I remember listening to her speak at Soul Space one of the days before, and her knowledge and her her, her insights just absolutely blew my mind, and I think a lot of people today are going to get so much out of the podcast from looking at the gut health through immune health and, and how it is all connected nearly as one and Maeve do you just want to give a short I suppose the intro into who you are so anyone who doesn't know you and um but yeah we'll just take it from there sure uh, it feels more like years since we last spoke so much has happened I know COVID, hasn't it? <laughs> um, so thanks so much for inviting me on the show it's an no honor problem. an honor to have you I'm a nutritional therapist I specialize in functional medicine so I look at the functionality and vitality of a person um, so I'm really about personalized nutrition and how to help someone on their day-to-day, not just only in food choices, but in lifestyle. And lifestyle would be a big um, factor we address at every single session. Um, so I was an engineer in my previous career. Um, I think that's given me tools to help look at data and help create more processes for people rather than just dishing out um, a meal plan, which I don't really do, you know, so to speak. Yeah. Super. And when, when you say functional medicine, what, what is that actually for someone who doesn't know what that actually is? Um, it's basically personalized nutrition. Um, so we're looking at the functionality of different bodily systems and cells. So I'm always trying to look at the root cause of why someone is presenting with symptom XYZ. Most people come into me with digestive issues or mood or something like that. And the root causes are really important. So it's not about a Band-Aid solution. It's not a Band-Aid um, in terms of um, a supplement or a quick fix. It's a big educational process. So the process is all, always over a number of months to however long the person until they feel better. 
and it's really patient centric. So we work together in a partnership. Um, sure, I do a little bit of leading throughout, but I like for them to actually go, you know what, I think I'll make that decision on trying X food or giving up another type of food. So that's really, really important. And then through my training of functional medicine, I have some fantastic, through the Institute of Functional Medicine, I have some fantastic protocols and resources I share with my clients. So they, they have a lot of information, but they, you know, take, as you know yourself, they just yeah. take need from it. And then we come back and the next month and we constantly build around it. Excellent. Amazing. And uh, that's one thing I remember when I worked with you first was we clicked straight away. I mean, we, I was on about talking about my journey. I was like, I'm always on about the root cause. And then you were like, a light bulb. Thank God someone's talking about it as well. Mm-hmm. But I think that's such an important thing is, is the root cause of things. As you said, sometimes we, we band-aid or just put something over the surface and think that'll do. So if I want to have more energy or feel fitter or happier or whatever, I'll do more work. I'll do more physical training sessions. When if the body is already stressed or I'm already in a stressful state, we know that's actually probably worse for the body than actually better because we're applying more stress and more stress. Mm-hmm. So when, when people, let's say, come and working with you, would you find the main thing for them to, to fully become, let's say, healthier or whatever the specific goal is, is to really address and look at the root cause? Yes, it is. But for us to find out what that root cause takes a little bit of time. Sometimes it's very, very obvious. So I'd say most of my clients, the root cause would be beginning the gush. And um, it's a real cliche now. Um, natura- naturopathic doctors have been mentioning this, you know, or, you know, health begins in the gush. Um, so that's a big area because when you think about food, every, the food passes through the gush, stomach, gush, um, then it's absorbed and then passed out again. So the root cause for a lot of areas would start with digestive health. Um, and I suppose living in this day and age of people being more aware of what they can do for their immune health. So everything, all the systems in the body are related. So what you eat um, will affect your energy, obviously, but also your mood, your hormones, your sleep. And sleep is a big thing. And I see more and more people um, losing hours in quality sleep. So, um, you know, we we're mentioning area just like digestive health and microbiome and, you know, the area of the microbiome is, is exploding still. Um, and I find that area fascinating as well myself personally. Mm, amazing. And with the gut health, could you even just speak a bit more about like the importance of that actually is? Because I know it's, as you said, it's a hot topic at the moment, but for some of us, we still aren't fully aware of it. So could you even just speak a little bit about that? Um, yeah, I think the important thing is is um, how I practice is personalized nutrition. So people fill out forms and there's a, a big massive section on digestive health and it will be the first time someone may have ever even asked about your digestive health and go yeah. into all areas of digest the digestive tract. Um, and a lot of people feel that they just don't know what to do with their symptoms so they would go to the pharmacy or the doctor or they go to the health food shop but we need to really educate them on you know bowel movements what a healthy bowel movement looks like you know why are you bloated after a meal when we eat food we should not feel any different we should not have more energy we should not be lacking in energy we should not feel um distension pain any nausea and some people feel it's just part of their everyday existence that would be a big it's not a, a it's not a difficult solve at all by focusing on digestive health and everything you eat will influence a healthy microbiome and your microbiome is basically first line defense on your immune level. 
So, you know, it's very interesting to see what's happening in the UK with Boris Johnson and just his war against obesity now, which is brilliant. And how they're addressing that needs a little bit more support through, you know, yeah, it needs more support. But, um, and I think when you think about digestive health, you know, we shouldn't overthink it. We just eat three meals a day. I don't know why we need to be snacking at all. Um, Certain certain, um, metabolic bodies may need to snack a little bit more, but then it's all down to that ultra processed crap that's out there, you know, and it's really well marketed. So I'm all about, you know, whole foods, eating for the person, eating for what their health requirements or their symptoms um, are. Exactly. Yeah, amazing. And with the gut even there, like obviously we spoke a lot about the digestion, how important that is. And mm. even a lot of people I'd work with did, did say the same. I was like, oh, I don't really feel well eating this food. Should I keep eating it? I'm like, well, you've just answered your own question there right now. <laughs> like, so yeah. I think sometimes it becomes a norm. And even when I work with people, not from a food aspect, but a overall health aspect in terms of being calm, being present, when we start to work and we do a breath working class or do a simple breathing exercise, they feel really, really calm. And they're like, Jesus, this is what it actually feels like to be calm. Is this normal? Like, this is completely normal. But sometimes what people is getting used to the way of living that way or they think this is becomes who they are and think, oh, this is only natural and normal to feel like that. So I think I completely relate to what you're speaking right there is people come and they're not even aware of okay, this is that what I'm actually supposed to feel like when I eat food. Because I think a lot of people do eat food and they don't realize that when they feel like their pains or their stomachs are bloating, that this isn't normal. Yeah, and that's, that's why it's nice to even have... Some people say they feel like it's a therapy session after talking to me because, you know, I might signpost something. Okay, so X food doesn't agree with you. you. You've actually just answered that question yourself. So what would happen if you removed it for a few days? Mm. Um, and so it's all back to them answering their own health question. Now, there's a lot of talk out there on different types of bloating, SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth is a big area. And it's more secondary than anything else. But, you know, if we're just like, and people eat very mindlessly. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'd say 50% of my clients, there's that box there. Are you a fast eater? They honestly tick that box because they're just mentally so busy. Um, from their day to day, they're working number of hours, then they're coming home looking after or, or moving into the kitchen and, you know, looking after the family. They just, everything is just so fast paced. And when do they, I love that you're doing that breath work. When do you take that moment to shift into that parasympathetic state, that rest, digest, that recovery? And that's when the digestion is working optimally. When we're in a state of, you know, um, fast talking, you know, meeting the deadline, running whatever it is, the tiger in the jungle, that that usual analogy for that cortisol, the digestive system shuts down. You're not absorbing your nutrients. And then therefore, you know, you're going to start creating different types of symptoms like on a digestive level, or it could be um, referred to different parts of the body. It could be, you know, you know, why, why is my skin not as good as it could be? Because you're not absorbing the nutrients, et cetera. Yeah. And would you say then for most people in terms of bloating or if it's any digestive issue that a lot of it would be caused from stress or overstimulation of the sympathetic nervous system? Um, it will be definitely part of that. Um, it, could to, it could be all the way back from childhood. 
It could be from taking excess antibiotics. It could, got to, it could be in relation to your own mom's microbiome. Unfortunately, you can't blame your mom, but <laughs> very well. you're stuck with that. Yeah. Um, so there's, thankfully, there's ways on how to actually support our, our microbiome. And that's really, really important. So if you're eating a crappy diet, if you're eating anything that's coming out of a package multiple times a day or even in a week, you're, you're not, your system is not going to be as strong. You won't be breaking down the foods. You'll be, you're going to be creating more levels of low-grade inflammation in the body. And so you won't be firing off all the cylinders and you won't be taking the nutrients from the foods that are so much needed for your mitochondria to function well, your mitochondria being the powerhouse of the cell, you know, yeah. your energy-producing cells. Yeah. So it's really important. Just back, it's really simple. Um, but people who come to me and um, they have so much information so i just need to go hold on a second great knowledge here but let's just bring it all back to how you're sleeping how you're starting your day probably 80 percent start the day with looking at the phone and looking at the news or twitter or whatever yeah. and that just sets off cortisol like i have been bad so i now especially during the whole covid thing it's now like a meditation turn it on just yeah. start to be a little bit calmer <laughs> <laughs> Um, otherwise, you just go into that spiral and you're starting your day with high cortisol, which is fine, but allow the body to build that cortisol naturally itself. And I think that's a massive one. Even if we think of most people's morning routines, if they're waking up and they're, they're stimulated, as you said, by the phone or by scrolling to social media or laptop will send this email off quick or if they're mm-hmm. getting stressed out, the kids going 100 miles an hour around the house mm-hmm. or whatever it is, and straight away they're trying to have their first meal and it, it, they just feel, as you said, it just doesn't sit right, doesn't go right. And I think it's such an important point you made is how we start a day is how we generally continue today. If I'm showing up first thing in the morning and I'm allowing myself to give my energy out and for to be taken and drawn away, we have to remember energy is uh, sometimes it is limited. So we have to be conscious of right, what way am I showing up? What way am I giving my energy? Mm-hmm. And as, as you said, as soon as we start to go down that pathway of first of all waking up, the brain is ready to absorb information. The mind is ready to absorb and take things in first thing in the morning. So if my instant reaction is to give my energy out and react to a certain thing or give out about a certain thing or check the weather first thing in the morning, what's it going to be like for the day? All my energy being sucked and it's firing and wiring that part of the brain where, again, as you said, cortisol is being released and produced through the body. And then, uh, of course, as you said, affects our food, which then affects our mood, which then affects our day, which it all completely links. So from that first little thing in the morning, as we can see, it'd make a huge difference if you showed up better for the rest of your day then. Mm, absolutely. It's like, but it's, yeah, it's your, it's your own personal responsibility. And um, sometimes the light just needs to be shone in that for, for some people, especially if they're saying to you, I don't sleep well, I don't wake up refreshed. That's it. So that's part of, you know, I have a section on adrenal health in my questionnaires. Don't wake up refreshed. Okay, that's a sign that the cortisol is not kicking in. And um, if you need to have something sweet, like a granola in the morning or sweeter or needing coffee with sugar in the morning to get your day started, that's a sign that there is, you know, something going on with the adrenals. They might not be firing as well as they possibly could. So then you go back, okay, how are you sleeping that night? And I, I'm a big fan of certain trackers, you know, whether I, I like to use the aura ring. So it gives me, you know, solid data on like, the different types of sleep. 
yeah. for everyone, but there's other ways, but you know, just going to bed at a decent hour and trying <laughs> and doing what you need to do to, you know, stay asleep. So there's other remedies you do, you know, whether it's having a warm bath in the evening or doing some meditation or, you know, I think one of the things that I love doing is looking at um, labs for my clients, you know, a standard lab that you get in your GP's practice. So you're looking at, you know, your complete bloods, you're looking at the white blood cells, the red blood cells, the nutrient profiles. You can get so much information from that. I push it through an algorithm and they go, okay, certain systems need a little bit of support. For example, your adrenals are clearly showing that you need more support. Um, you know, through their the answering of questionnaires, it's easy to see that, you know, sleep is an issue or digestive health is an issue. From the blood report, it's easy to see that there's some type of allergy or an immune system going, immune issue going on. So there's so much our body is crying out and showing us that we need to just have a, have a reset, check in with someone, whether, you know, it's starting to work with a trainer or someone like you or someone like me. Sometimes people build mini teams around themselves yeah. um, to get the support that they need. Amazing. Super. And mm. it's, it's one area I'd love to get a little bit more into more about the psych, psychology and the psychological impacts, but of the, the gut itself, I, as you said, that we spoke about earlier and I know we are, you're an expert in this. My knowledge is limited. Um, but could you even talk about a little bit about the, the impacts of our gut and how that affects our psychology? Wow, that's like a massive question. <laughs> no pressure. We only have 10 no hours here. Pressure. <laughs> um, I always say to my clients, um, the thoughts, oh no, wait, how do, how do I say it? The thoughts are thinking, the gut is listening. So there's this like bi-directional feedback system called the vagus nerve between the gut and the brain, the brain and the gut. Um, so, you know, the health of your microbiome is going to determine your health, your microbiomes and um, certain bacteria break down different types of nutrients. And if they're not present, you won't be breaking down those really needed nutrients. Um, like the, the digestive tract, the immune system is highly complex. And as I said, it just comes down to choosing whole foods, keeping things really, really simple. But if we're taking in ultra processed food, processed food, food sensitivities, you know, unknown food allergies, um, it's going to create this low grade chronic inflammation. This, this can look different from person to person. You know, the way if you bang your elbow from off a table, that's a sign of inflammation. It's protective. Um, so the body is doing the exact same thing on a new level. It's just protecting our, our body. But however, if it's low grade chronic inflammation, it's going to affect different systems. You know, it could be referred pain to a shoulder. It could be yeah. in the digestive tract. It could be poor skin. It could be um, headaches. It could be mood. And um, so um, especially I've noticed with clients, you know, it's not for everyone, but there's certain very well-known food sensitivities that can trigger mood issues. There's excellent studies on um, how certain foods can trigger uh, behavioral issues, especially seeing it in kids and obviously in adults. So the big ones would be, you know, sugar, gluten, dairy. It's not for everyone, I, you know, I, but you have to find that out yourself. So what I love is, you know, kind of gold standard would be more like a 21 day elimination, eliminate some of the common food triggers do yeah. work with someone because it's just a bit of a nightmare. And yeah. then if you're feeling better, then there's clearly something you're doing or something you've been taking in that's been cre creating this sense of inflammation in the bowel, which would trigger um, poor, you know, mood. Mm. And it's not pleasant. And a lot of people would say, you know, just they feel this light bulb has gone off when they remove a certain type of food. For example, I'm not all about 
everyone getting off gluten, but gluten can be very pro-inflammatory for certain profiles for certain people. Amazing. And I love the way you made it so simple as, as you said, a 21 dating writer, you take it out and see how, how things work out rather than getting all complex about the whole thing straight away. Yeah. And for some clients, I already kind of have a sense. I go, why don't we just cut it out for five days see how you get on. And then they go, yeah. God, I'm getting to feel better. I'm going, okay, would you try more? <laughs> yeah. So it's, there's a little bit of hand holding, and, um, but I would never ask someone to give up them all up in the first session. It's just too much to take on for a lot of people. And it's not about willpower. It's, it, there's something else going on there. So it's just a little bit of education, making sure that there's good foods in the cupboards, et cetera, et cetera. And when I say the whole gluten-free, it's not about replacing with the processed gluten-free goods. It's really important that I'm not saying that because they're just full of more muck. I prefer yeah. than eating the processed food. Yeah. So, um, and as I say, sometimes nutrition can get very complex, especially when you're looking at labs and going back to the microbiome, you can do these very fancy microbiome tests. And I think they're fantastic for um, certain people, but they're very expensive and you want to make sure that you're interpreting correctly and you're taking the steps to follow through with that. Yeah. And even earlier there, you spoke about the vagus nerve. So I know I've done a little bit of study on the vagus nerve, not too much so far, but I know through the breath work, we can actually directly impact the vagus nerve itself. And as we know, vagus nerve, quote me on this, you might tell me if I'm wrong, but I hope I'm right. It helps us stay more calm, stay more relaxed. So could you even speak about how the gut affects the vagus nerve? Well, I definitely wouldn't be an expert in that type of mechanism, but I would know, um, you know, certain craniosacral therapists, osteopaths would be extremely well versed in manipulating or, you know, pressing on certain areas to help stimulate that. Yeah. For example, so for a person who's presenting with um, constipation, the vagus nerve might not be firing off correctly. So I, I often refer to a craniosacral um, or we just do my own little therapy off, you know, something along the lines of maybe magnesium and see if that actually triggers flow. Or there's also different types of enzymes that I would use as well. But I think, um, it's very complicated, the whole yeah. nerve and how it actually works. But I find that area extremely fascinating. Um, but it is, it is connected to the gut um, and it does influence the health and diversity of microbiome as well, which is fascinating. Excellent, excellent. And earlier on, you were speaking a lot about, I think it's one area that a lot of people maybe not be fully knowledgeable of, but in terms of like food, as we see this these days, food marketing is... Is, I don't know. I don't think there is any law on food marketing. You might even tell me, is there actually any law on specific food marketing at all? Whether it's or this is low calorie, or this is high protein, or this is good for you. Is there much laws even on that? You can't make any major health claims, and um, whatever that's supposed to mean, and it varies from country to country. Yeah. And when I think about um, what I hate is <laughs> there's certain things that just drive me mental when you're looking at processed foods, you know, and you think yeah. you're giving your kid or your friend or yourself something that the marketing is just genius. Um, you know, because most of these have processed foods like or the ultra processed foods have more than five ingredients um, synthetic ingredients, very poor oils like vegetable oils. Um, and they actually just drive this low-grade chronic inflammation and it just impacts um, metabolic health. And metabolic health would be, it could, could be spiking your, your triglycerides, 
cholesterol, your waist circumference. And you could be eating what's classified as a low-fat, healthy snack and going, you don't need any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so when people feel, when I hear people, you know, leaning on, I need to have a snack, I'm going, you're probably not absorbing the food you're having for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or maybe you're not eating enough of the healthy, nutritious food that just adds and it helps your satiety. Um, so always, sometimes when they're, you know, either most of my clients now are over Zoom, actually all are over Zoom, I ask them to draw their um, dinner plate. And out of the dinner plate, what percentage is above ground vegetables? You know, is it 50%? Is it a quarter? And you'd be actually shocked that it's mostly, it's very negligible. So yeah. it's these vegetables that help with the microbiome that help support a healthy diversity of a microbiome that would help your metabolic health. So basically your immune health. Yeah. And with all these things that are marketed, like, would you see that's a common mistake most people would fall in as seeing, oh, it's gluten-free, oh, it's low-calorie, oh, it's this, oh, it's that, as it's marketed on maybe on the label. Would you see that's where most people fall down on? Um, probably, in terms of making choices. Probably, yes. And normally that happens after 8 o'clock in the evening, after dinner, and they're sitting down watching TV. Yeah. And they're just going, God, I just, I've had a crazy day. I need to have x whatever it is i deserve it now i, I <laughs> yeah okay tell me more about that but there's yeah. a, i've noticed more and more there's always this association with their favorite show coming on the tv and having their biscuits or their whatever it is yeah you know now that the evenings are longer would you not just go for like a walk around the park or something like that because once you do that that actually helps your insulin receptors it just fires them up and that means you're going to be absorbing you're going to you know stabilize blood sugar so that's a big that's a big educational area. I'm going okay. Try walk. He drag drag himself out or herself out or bring the dog or find a dog. <laughs> <laughs> or find one along the way and just bring it along. Just start walking all the neighbors' dogs. You know, what I mean? make yeah. a bit of book from it as well. <laughs> Ten dogs walking down the road. <laughs> um, I, love, I love just a simple approach to how we can help someone's metabolic health. And there was a study there released. I don't know when it was only 12% of Americans are metabolically healthy. I think less than 50 in the UK are metabolically healthy. And if you don't have good metabolic health, um, you know, it could look like, you know, weight gain, not feeling good, low moods, depression. I'm kind of like broadening the definition of metabolic health. Yeah. And it's not that complicated to sort it out with just a few little things you could change day to day. Excellent, excellent. And e even from our overall perspective, I, now again, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if I'm right. Um, but I remember reading a couple of years ago that obviously a lot of people that might come to work with me, they want to improve their overall health and overall life, similar towards yourself. And some area might be in that in relation to body composition, so they're not happy or content with, with the weight they're carrying, or maybe it's not healthy for their for actual body You might be trying to lose weight or something when the body is overstimulated with stress. So again, coming back to the two nervous systems, the sympathetic nervous system is being stimulated a lot. So there's a lot of stress in their life. They're busy on the go. There's a lot of things going on and they're trying to lose weight. So when we're trying to lose weight, that's an actual stress from the body because it takes us out of homeostasis. Am I right so far? 
when so just repeat because you broke up there a little bit just repeat apologies apologies so let's say when someone's trying to lose weight Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of stress in their life and there's a lot of busyness and go 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 Mm -hmm. and if we look at that then the sympathetic nervous system is is overstimulated but if we're trying to lose weight or trying to get into better shape or whatever it is for our health and if we're in that state where things are already stressed is won't the body actually not allow the weight to lose and change? Yeah, exactly. So there's um, pathways called the steroidal pathways. Um, and it's fascinating. I don't know if I've showed it to you, but it's just fascinating what actually happens. So all of our hormones come from fats, from cholesterol. And cholesterol will be the precursor to all the main hormones. So when I mean hormones, I mean thyroid, estrogen, progesterone, um, testosterone, the, the, the different types of estradiols as well. So yeah. when we're under stress, physically, mentally, or and emotionally, there, there's so many different types of stressors on the body, especially now more so than ever before, that the body is always going to favor the pathway of cortisol to stay alive because we need cortisol to literally stay alive. And what it does, it's going to send less of the, the cholesterol shunting down to the other pathways of progesterone, estrogen, t- testosterone. So it's about um, how can we look at our day-to-day, how can we look at our lifestyle, um, and rather than like pounding it out on the pavement or on the treadmill, maybe things need to sh- shift in your nervous system. So the nervous system, as you were mentioning, going, you know, there's a parasympathetic and there's a sympathetic. So the sympathetic is like that fight or flight, fight or flight, fighting, fighting. It's great, you know, for the deadlines, you know, you get all the steam, you yeah. get, it, get the deadline done. But if you're in it consistently, you're going to be in that state of low grade chronic inflammation. And you are not going to be shifting the weight. So what we want to do is start asking questions on what you do in your day-to-day to help support your parasympathetic. And that's where it goes back to the digestion. Digestion works optimally in parasympathetic, that rest, digest, and that recovery. So you're absorbing your nutrients. But you said at the very start, what shifts us straight away into the parasympathetic is the breathing. That brings us into the, the parasympathetic. So that's why, you know, I ask some of my clients who are, you know, I, I work with I work with probably 50, 50% male, female, but for my female clients especially, a lot of them will be on the treadmill. I'm going, well, why don't why don't we look at weights doing shorter sets? And I'm not, you know, you're the personal trainer. Yeah. Um, but I also look at anything to just to calm down that sympathetic nervous response. And I would look at adrenal support. I love using like ashwagandha, magnesium, vitamin C, anything along those, obviously all the foods first, anything just to calm down um, and bring you into more of a sympathetic state and supporting adrenal health. Mm-hmm. I think that's an amazing point you made there. And it is so important because as we spoke about at the start, sometimes we're trying to band it over the root cause there again. And if someone has a lot of stress and tension in their life or they're busy on the go, well, maybe that's something that they need to address first before they go and look at the physical practical things to change. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, it kind of delves more into the, you know, trauma or like trauma from a physical accident or trauma, you know, mental, emotional trauma. Like, you, you, you can't, the saying is you can't outrun a bad diet, but, but this, this trauma also needs to be addressed. Um, so I, that's why I really love working with other professionals in a nice, safe, 
secure environment. I refer people to a very dear friend of mine for um, a more psychotherapy work or suggesting going to yoga classes or, you know, anything that can help someone rebalance certain areas that are screaming obvious need help. Yeah. And I think that's the key is the balancing factor because I think sometimes what I've worked with, even with myself from over the years, we look at my own journey was, was either living in one way or the other way. So it's either living in one way where it's on the go, busy all the time, doing aggressive, intense sessions years back. And I was physically strong and physically fit, but never felt really that healthy. My food relationship wasn't really that good either. And then when I went to another area, I went right completely calm, relaxed all the time. Well, then I wasn't great either because I needed a kind of bit of both. So once I finally, the click and light bulb moment came, well, what I need to do is create a balance, as you said, the balance between the two. Because you said we actually need cortisol in the body to survive. So we actually need that as well. But then we also need to know when we're going too much and pushing too much of that as well. So I think that's the key point that you said is creating the balance between the two. And it's also about just tapping into your innate, your inner voice and, and what's right for you. And you're the only one who can tap into that, you know, and I think you become more attuned to it, the more you can practice or have a regular type of mindfulness meditation, yoga practice. And that's, that's where the power is. Like you have the power to heal your own body and um, obviously working with other people just makes it more enjoyable as well so that's that's really important yeah and it is such an important point of finding what what actually works for you must we get so many questions is this the right thing to do is that the right thing to do and exact same like we spoke about food earlier but how does it make you feel does it actually change anything well not really like but then we also have to ask another important question is how long have you actually been doing this and i'm sure you get this a lot as well 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 dan i've been trying this yoga the last week perfect right so you've been trying this for one week what age you now or i'm 52 okay so you've lived on this earth for 52 years you tried something for a week and now it doesn't work that makes complete sense now, doesn't it? Now, if you said to one of your child or someone else who you love who was trying to do something that they've never done before and they tried it for a week and then they're like, oh, sure, I'm going to give it up now. It doesn't work. What would you tell them? You wouldn't tell them, ah, stop throwing the tail. You're useless. It doesn't work. Sure, it's all a bunch of, bunch of baloney. You wouldn't. So that's why I think sometimes we have to be willing to commit to change as well. Yeah, I agree. And, um, what I like to see, though, is I, I feel I can offer the best to someone if I go, let's just have a look at the bloods. You know, go to your GP, get bloods done. That's how I practice. Otherwise, it will be, let's just look at your diet and we can have a big conversation around that. I, I want people to feel good within that first window because that just gives them that motivation to keep mm-hmm. moving forward. Um, across the board, the more I, bloods I do, the more I see that women tend to have their, their irons are are low you know yeah. that's feeling exhausted but it makes sense sometimes you know common sense is not that common and i'm seeing that for myself as well and um, because sometimes that we, we always try and find that more complex answer and it's, it's not that complicated but if you are eating poorly um, making poor dietary choices that eight o'clock window watching the tv having having a couple of biscuits the one or two is not going to impact you, but it's that creating that new habit 
that's setting you up to not achieve the health goals and that then will be offsetting your nutrients your irons maybe throwing up your triglycerides and spiking you know the the doctor then saying maybe you should be going on a statin and all of that so um we have such power in um the three meals that we eat we can change everything mm-hmm. excellent and even within them three meals let's say someone is looking at their day and they're thinking right i want to get the best out of myself today what would something like that in a meal contain? So from a breakfast or, or a lunch or a dinner, what would be something there? You don't have to go name everything. I know this could take forever. <laughs> but a, a rough guideline, let's say, for someone who could be listening right now and they're thinking, oh, should, is it okay to have this carbohydrate-based food at breakfast or should I be having this? Or, or what do I do? What would you so suggest? I'm going to say this. It's all personalized. It depends on what your health goals are. It depends on you know, what's coming back from your blood test. It depends on many things. But generally speaking, um, I would say, look at your dinner plate. Let's start with dinner, making sure that you have a ridiculous variety of really good quality vegetables there, at least half your dinner plate, making sure that there is a very decent protein source. And when I mean protein, I mean good quality fish, turkey, good quality Irish meat, um, that will be also really important. If you're vegetarian, then obviously we need to look at what are the other protein sources, the pulses, etc. as long as you don't have any digestive issues from them, it's absolutely fine. Using really good, good quality olive oil um, to get that omega-9, um, you know, depending on how much training you're doing or how much movement you're doing, making sure your carbohydrate sources are enough are sufficient but not crazily high because i would have some of my clients who are eating ridiculous carbs for breakfast lunch and dinner and they're wondering why they feel exhausted so it's all about looking at what your health goals are your height your weight your symptoms and then fine-tuning that but hopefully you know i see most women are not eating sufficient proteins i see a lot of men are eating too much carbohydrates but this is just total generalization as well there's um, an online software that i'd like to use it's called chronometer.com i think you might have yeah we use it so we did before really good and that gives you good information on your carbs fats proteins without focusing too much on the macronutrients it can also give you your mineral breakdown i'm going oh that's interesting they appear to be a little bit low in omega-3s maybe we can bump it up through good quality fish maybe there's a need for a b nutrient or b complex etc etc and for anyone let's say who struggles to get veg intake in what would be a simple tip you would give eat more veg (laughs) just get it into you (laughs) um so this could could see there's probably something there that stemmed from childhood maybe you know the food wasn't was overboiled that there's maybe it's got to do with the taste and the texture and some of us are actually um super tasters that things like broccoli and things like that they're just rank people don't like them um so then i would really consider Um, Maybe you can start doing it through like a green powder or something like that. But I would really encourage any parents listening, start diversifying the vegetables so your kids get the best right now. And kids are fussy eaters. Don't worry about it. They'll be fine. Um, Or maybe you can do it through uh, green juices or something along those lines. But we really like, uh, yeah, green juice would probably be great or a green smoothie. Perfect. Perfect. Because I think even one thing I realized was when I, first started my own journey taking my own responsibility for it was i used to hate veg as well but then i asked and looked at right what kind of veg was eating i was eating boiled and plain this and plain that and it was just 
of course you're not going to want to eat a den so you have to make the effort to make it tasty and nice as well i think is important that's a really good point and then i love all the medicinal properties of different types of herbs and spices like curcumin they're amazing they're they're like the the king of the anti-inflammatory or the queen of the anti-inflammatory world um and you know it's so easy to get but when you are shopping for that make sure they're not in a complex form because sometimes they have all these binders fillers sugars and gluten in them so to read the labels is a big thing as well yeah yeah so stay away from them uncle ben's old passasso and all these type of uh, spices are thrown in some of those do just read the labels you know because it doesn't take that long um, yeah yeah but there's exactly. some great i have to say there's some really good brands out there um and thankfully there's more and more irish brands that are just you know helping us make tastier meals. And I always read the back of the label if I see anything new in the, sh- you'll also see me in the supermarket just browsing the aisles and going, ooh, this looks great. Four hours later, I got past <laughs> the first sight. <laughs> Super amazing. Thanks to me, there's so many good points in that, even though I'm gonna to listen to this back myself and rob a few of your ideas. Don't worry, I'll coach you and I won't do be that bad in this now. But uh, thanks a million for all them tips. And if you could, let's say, Give one final tip away to someone who's maybe listening right now. And if you could recommend, maybe it's one thing from your own journey or one thing from somewhere else that one thing that someone or even anyone could work on right now that would really help improve their overall health, life, energy, and overall. Wow. Um, I could name two. Perfect. I'll let you go to go on. I'll give it to you just for today. Only because I like you. I'm thinking, um, I think that your mind is really powerful. And that's why I feel the number one would be, you know, address, do what you need to do to have a regular practice. I'm a big fan of Joe Dispenza. I'm loving the Deepak Chopra 21 day with Oprah Winfrey. And yeah, there's a couple of really powerful meditations and you can listen to them over and over again, because you're always going to get something away from those. And then I love that they give you mantras, something that you can actually use in your day to day. And it just brings you into that state of parasympathetic. And then this number two would be, um, Rather than looking at a restrictive diet, go and try and think about, shift it to how can I nourish my body? What can I eat today that's more nourishing rather than saying, oh, I must give up sugar or I must give up gluten. Think about what's nourishing. And so that's when it goes back to whole foods, trying to bring in one or two new vegetables into your day, or maybe you're adding in some, you know, better quality proteins, et cetera, et cetera. Amazing, super. Thanks so many for that. And it's such an important point. And as I know, Deepak and Joda Spencer are big idols of mine as well. And their work is incredible. If you haven't seen it or listened to any of it yet, it'll it'll really start to align some things that'll start to make sense with everything coming together. But uh thanks a million for that again, Maeve. Where can people find more info about you then? Thanks. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. As always. Um, so where can they find me? On nutritioncenter.ie. So that's my website. Super, super. Well, thanks a million, Maeve, and um, sure, I'll hopefully see you again soon. You will, of course. Thanks so much, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Sloan.